The entrance of God's word gives light and understanding to the simple. Be yielded and open your hearts to the light of God's word through his servants, Pastor Chintok Ishaku. God bless you. Reveal to us the depths, the heights, the width, the breadth of your love and passive knowledge. Lord, help us to know that love. Help us to live in the fullness of it. We bless you. Bless you. We bless you. Bless you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Please welcome somebody beside you and take your seat. Amen. Can you get me the board too? Amen. Give me the board. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Okay. The board is coming. Are you people waiting for announcement? Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Good evening, everyone. It's been an exciting week, especially for those of us who have turned laborers on the site. Hallelujah. I thought you would celebrate that. If I catch anybody that has not done site, not celebrating, Allah will bind you on site. Hallelujah. It's been quite an exciting week. Amen. 
In my silent moments Get the pets Down on my knees To receive a word From you I pray I will never I'll never be the same Lord Touch my heart right now In my silent moments I'm down on my knees To receive a word from you I pray I'm waiting for the cleaner and the pens. Verse 18. Revelation chapter 2 verse 18. Are you there? Revelations. You are going to need your Bible tonight. So, get close to your Bible. Amen. Got a, a small technical hitch. We're trying to fix from the media end. So, you're not likely going to have scriptures projected on the board like you're used to. But those who are following us online will have scriptures on their board. Um, is that still true? Media, is that still true? Okay. Praise the Lord. So, forgive us before Sunday. That will be fixed. Then you'll be able to return to seeing on the board. Verse 18. I'm still waiting for my pens. 
and Dosta. And unto the angel of the church in Tithera, write, These things said the Son of God, who had eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. He said, I know your works and your charity and service and faith and patience and your works and the last to be more than the first. Let me take that verse again, verse 19. I know your works and charity and faith and patience and your works. What did he say first? What did he say last? Then he said, and the last works are greater than the first works. Do you understand it now? Alright? And the last to be more than the first. Next verse, 20. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her space to repent of her fornication and she repented not. Behold, I will cast her into a bed and them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation except they repent of their deeds. Next verse. And I will kill her children with death. And all the churches shall know that I am he which searched the reins and the hearts. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Next verse. But unto you I say and unto the rest of Thyatira in Thyatira as many as have not this doctrine and which have not, not known the depths of Satan as they speak. I will put upon you none other burden. Next verse. But that which you already hold. Sorry, that which you have already. What should you do? Hold fast until I come. Amen. Let's go. Last verse. And he that overcometh, sorry, not the last. And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. And he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of a porter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I have received of my father. And I will give him the morning star. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen? I said amen. amen. Now, go back with me to the beginning of the word of God to the church in Thyatira. If you look at that church, now, how many of you remember, what's our first church? Ephesus, second church? Smyrna, third church? Pergamos, fourth church? Thyatira. Now, let's take the journey from, from Ephesus. 
Alright? Because you remember, part of the things that were supposed to be our target was... Where do I get foam now? Who are offend? Just give me tissue. Alright? One of the things that... Thank you. One thing you remember we said is that by the time you arrive at the seventh church, you should have seen a perfect picture. It's just bored they are cleaning. Look at me. Just bored. I didn't even give him coke for cleaning the board. If I gave him coke, I said, okay, it's longer truth. All of you look at him like, ah, uh-uh, clean it properly. This is work. Leave him. Glory, hallelujah. Now, one of the things we said, if you remember, from the very beginning, is that at the end of the seven churches, we would have seen a complete picture of the one who is speaking. Now, I'm sure we used the first three churches to establish that the necessary revelation of God to that church most times is the answer to its need. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Okay. So, let's start from church number one. Thank you, sir. That's enough. Thank you. First church. Church. Revelation. Reward. Right? Three major categories. Are you following me? It's not the idea is not to do teacher. Alright? But what's the first church? The Ephesian church. Ephesus, right? Who was talking to the Ephesian church? Seven stars and seven candlesticks. Right? In his right hand. Is that all he said? This, what you're doing now is called murmuring and complaining. If you want to talk, talk. Seven stars, eh? Uh-huh. And he walks in the midst of the seven candlesticks, right? Good. That's the revelation that he gave to them, right? So, what was his problem? Okay. I think we need to break it. <laughs> the people that love me are plenty. Oh. She's touching the hem of my garment. She's tapping. She's entering to revelation. <laughs> this one is revelation. <laughs> okay. So, where are your daughter? Give me. Huh? Clean the reward. Right? Problems and then rewards. So church number one, the church in Ephesus. Who was speaking? What revelation did he want to bring them? The revelation of the one who holds what are the seven stars? Seven eh? The angels of the churches, right? What are the seven candlesticks? The churches themselves, right? Then, when he revealed himself like that, meaning he was simply saying, I am the foundation of the church, right? To actually understand this, basically, if you go to Ephesians chapter 2, and you read from verse 1, you will find the entire answer there. Of whom the whole body 
being fitly joined. That means that the church, whether in a present revelation or in its dispensational revelations, all belong to Christ. Abi. And then the rulership of that church is also going to be chosen by Christ. The stars, the seven stars, are going to be chosen by Christ. So he's saying that I'm the one who holds the seven stars in my hands. And that means that you cannot build the church outside the pattern that I reveal to you. Is that what you were saying to the early church? Now remember, we spoke about these things first from a prophetic place. And I showed you that many of these things that he spoke about was actually the church in a, a chronological progression. Right? Because if I had my way, we will finish today. I mean, all the churches. If I had my way, we will finish today. Because there's so much to press into. Alright? Now, look at this. So he says to the early church, I'm the one who holds the, the seven candlesticks. Meaning, none of you will even last till the end of the church. Right? So let's imagine he was talking to the early church. What was the problem he said he had with that church? First now, where do you find this? John 21. What happened in John 21? Do you love me more than this? Right? So, it gives you a picture that the only problem that particular church had is actually a problem that even the present day church needs to watch out for. That a day comes when we begin to become more administrative than we are spiritual. Right? Notice that that church almost always seemed to have a problem with growth. Every time growth happened, some kind of trouble came with the growth, and then they moved their attention to that which was administrative. Many times, the earliest temptation or the earliest persecution of the church came because God was targeting their first love. So, because of this problem, what was he going to do? Remove your candlestick. Right? That means your candlestick is only one among seven. Right? So he removes your candlestick and what? Huh? You take your candlestick out of its place. So what was now the reward? Ewo, give my Bible. I can't trust you people. Eh? You will make a home my Bible. Call the place you want to go. So, not me, I want to. Okay. Okay. And then you hate the deeds of Nicolaitans, which also I hate, right? Uh, to him that will comment, I will give to each of the tree of life. Now, does anybody remember this tree in Genesis? This was the reason why they were driven out of the garden. Right? So notice that the moment God finds a faithful church that maintains its love, what does he grant them access to? The tree of life. Alright. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else is there? Which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Church number two. What's their name? Smena. It's a Y-R, right? Is it spelled like this? Yeah, I'm not far from the kingdom. Who is speaking? 
the first and last or in, in modern church language alpha and omega right what was the next thing he said about himself in revealing himself to the church in Smyrna? Was dead and now is alive and lives forevermore. Right? So he was dead, he's now alive. He began, he will end. Now listen to me. When do you need this revelation of Alpha and Omega most? You need it in the midst of tribulations. If not, Satan will make you believe that where you are is the end of the story. Right? And then, in their own tribulation, they were going to be persecuted a lot with the matters of death. So you remember that the Bible was speaking to us about the hope of believers, and he said to you, comfort one another with these words. Because we know, brethren, I will not have you be ignorant about them that have fallen asleep. He said, because we know. That when he comes, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, the trump of God will sound. Then the dead in Christ will rise first. Then dead that we are alive will be cut up. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now, when you start to hear those kind of consolations, and when he begins to reveal himself in those kind of dimensions, what he's actually trying to bring to your fore is the fact that you ought to love not your life even unto death. It means there's a revelation of Christ that brings you to the place where there's nothing in this life that has what it takes to keep you bound. Let me say it the way you understand it. No amount of threat bound to no kind of living will be strong enough to bring you to the place where you can compromise. Right? So, you go on in the church in Smyrna and you find out that <clears throat> go on, go on. Verse 9. I know your works, your tribulation and your patience, and your poverty. He said, and you are rich and I know the blasphemy of them which say they are Jews and they are not. But are the... Now, this Jews here is not figurative. It's Jews here. It wasn't figurative. It was that the greatest fight of that day of the church was actually going to be the established Jewish religion. So let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Next verse. For none of these things, sorry, fear none of these things which you will suffer. Why? Behold, the devil will cast some of you into prison. That, come on, go ahead, go ahead now. Let me hear you. That what? You may be tired, uh huh? For, but be thou faithful unto. That means in your own day, what I require of you is to die. Do you understand it? And you remember I said to you historically, there's an entire period of the church that the moment you declared that you were saved, you went to die. And really, what God used that period to do, because I said to you that each church was supposed to build upon the revelation of Jesus that the previous church had received. Uh, why are you looking lost? I thought you would say yes there. Do you agree? Now, it then means that there's supposed to be an element that the church in Smyrna left for us, the Philadelphian church. Okay, sorry. Cool down. Because we are the Philadelphian church. 
when we get there, you agree. Alright? What did the church in Smyrna leave for us as a heritage? The ability to face death and not shake. Alright? What's the highest working of fear among men? Who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to? That means if the fear of death is broken, what other fear remains? Will the fear of hunger be there? Will the fear for tomorrow be there? Do you understand it? So, he said to them, you be faithful unto death. And then, what will be the reward? I will give you the crown of life. Alright? So, we jump directly here, and we find here that there's a crown of life. Next verse. <clears throat> he that hath an ear. Suddenly you find one category blank. Aha. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Suddenly you find one category blank. Did you notice that that church, there was no time Jesus said, but I have this against you. It means that there's no way God can have a problem with a man whose life is laid down. That every problem between God and men is the fact that we still want to live a a part of our lives. The moment Galatians 2.20 is initiated, you and God don't have a problem. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives with me. The life that I now live in the flesh, I I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Listen, there's a point you arrive at where if it doesn't happen, it's not your fault. Because your life is not yours. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, a man who has nothing to lose has nothing to fear. That man is obedient in all things. If a man is faithful unto death, there's no other thing God will require of him. Uh-huh. And I find that if there was a problem here, especially in this day of persecution. The Christian faith won't have passed here. If, especially these guys who filled up in their body what remained of the sufferings of Christ. That's a pure New Testament statement you just said. And I said to you, they didn't just do it so that it would do and pass. They did it so that they can leave for us some part of a heritage. Right? So dying is part of our heritage. Let's speak it from Jesus himself. If any man will come after me, let him deny, pick up, how often? Daily. And do what? Sorry, when Jesus picked up his cross, he was going to preach. No, no, he was about to go and eat in the house of a sinner. He had a miracle to perform. How often should you die? Did you hear Paul in 1 Corinthians 15? I die daily. It means every day the sun breaks in my eye. The first thing I remind myself of is it is no longer I that lives. It is Christ that lives in me. It means that from that point onward, I don't have a choice. I don't understand how difficult it is for us to hear this and understand it. But we will say it until you arrive there. Sarah, 
Stand up, Abe. Hold your two. Hold your Bible and your phone. Say you have a Bible here. Why are you reading Bible on your phone? Say I chose it. I chose it. Abby, doesn't she have a choice? She can choose to read the one in paper. She can also choose to read the one in form. Sorry, is this Bible more authentic than this Bible? Okay, this one, paper Bible, is deeper than this Bible. So, if I owned both of them, and you said to me, sir, can I borrow a Bible? Do you have a choice? If both of them are with you, and I said to you, as custodian of these two, I don't want you to read the phone Bible. Read a paper Bible. Do you have a choice? That's how a Christian is supposed to live. That if I had 16 job offers, because the life is not my own, I should ask the owner of the life. All of those struggles of choice that we suffer with every day is because we want to resurrect. Let me tell you how you know that carnality is dead. dead. Look at me. And you see, many times we speak like this. People are actually thinking, ah, so God does not make reasonable choices for us. No, no. Many times what you do not know is that what you were even running away from, in running away from this, he had already given to you free of charge, but he gave it in this. So while this was glittering and you wanted to follow it, and he was saying to you no, he can't say to you no on matters that will cheat you and cheat his kingdom. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Do you know what the kingdom is? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. It means that God cannot place you within a circumstance that will leave you uninfluential. No man ever lights a candle to hide it under a bushel. The only problem is that the man who lit the candle is the one who knows the tabletop. The candle, even after it is lit, cannot move itself to where to shine. You are the light of the world. A city that set itself on a heap. That means that when he made you light, the one who made you light is the same one who carries you to set now you see that setting problem that's where our problem is if we had our way we will explain to god how the earth works and why we must make our choices the moment carnality dies what happens naturally is that you are comfortable in god's decisions understanding that he knows the thoughts that he thinks towards you that while you cannot see the end he saw the end before it began. Before he said to you, leave this one and follow this one. Let me tell you the truth. Whatever I have seen, ears and have heard, mind can conceive. Right? Has entered within the context of a realm that Satan can study. Let me say it again. I can see whatever I have seen. Now I hope you know that Satan has been kept in utter darkness. But everything that comes to light, he studies and knows. 
And according to ancient patterns that he has seen on the earth, he can interpret the new of God on the basis of the old that God has done. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Does it make sense? I hope that didn't confuse anybody. Can we? It didn't confuse anybody. Good. So, what does God do? Keep Satan in darkness concerning the things of your life and your destiny. So as long as you are following God and following the last instruction, Satan cannot see where you are going to. Are you following? Because Satan together with all the angels that lost their first estate are bound in everlasting chains of darkness. That doesn't mean that they are living inside chain. It means that no matter how hard they try, they don't have what it takes to know what is in the mind of God. And many times let me tell you the truth. That's the reason why God cannot carry the entire blueprint of what he wants to do and commit to you. The reason is because in the midst of your carnality, you have the ability to spill it. And if you spill it, Satan now knows it. That's the reason why when it comes to even the revelation of your life, God has to do it according to how much he can trust you. If you were studying medicine, and God shows up and says to you, Ella, I want to make you the greatest singer on the earth. Now, even Ella said, ah, that's how you know that no eye has seen. No ear heard. Even her eye has not seen it. Do you understand it? So, what is medicine now? Medicine will now be God shrouding Satan in darkness. Because every time Satan wants to attack you, he will be attacking medical science. What Satan did not know is that in consistently attacking your medical profession, he's pushing you backward into discovering that there's more about me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because now you are useless to medicine. What else can I do? Let me Kukuma begin to sing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Then, then you go to your bathroom and then you are crying and then you are saying, I sing because I'm happy. That's when you discovered for the first time that there was even a voice in you. Yes, and we're teasing Raymond yesterday at Idosa's naming ceremony. And we said, Raymond writes his best songs when he's sad. And it's true. It's not a joke. So I told them, I'm plotting one depression for him for like six months. <laughs> I want to do something that will depress him. Because when he enters that state, we are sure that spiritual songs will come out. Ceaselessly. Thank you. After six months, we give him a little milk and honey. And he drinks it and his eyes are clear. We send him into another one year depression. <laughs> Do you understand? But Psalm 40, he's put a new song in my mouth. A hymn of praise to my God. Many will see and fear and, and put their trust in him. While Ella sat down to mourn, the songs of the Lord began to rise up inside of her. Now Satan has already gone to celebrate that she was mourning. But that was God's mourning. Oh the light of the day he really wanted to break in Ella's life was just about to begin. And if Satan had known it, he would have prospered high in medicine. Does it make sense to anybody? That's why the Bible says, which none of the princes of this world can know. It's not have known. They cannot know it. He said, for if they had known it, they're not Christian. The cross is Satan's greatest regret till next year. Do you understand it? 
But you know, we have mind. Because we have mind. And we have studied earthly trends. We always want to tell God what to do with us. Did I ever tell you about that story? Yeah. Okay, some of you still remember it. Yeah, it's one old Zumunda. Every day they go, ha, ah, say, I look at me lost. Eh? Every day they go for your women fellowship, they sing, Ya Allah, Kaya Wunda, Kacheso, Naba Karaina. That means, oh Lord, do what you will. I've given you my life. Do what you will. Then she'll go home, then something will spoil. Then she'll come back and say, Ya Allah, Kaya Wunda, Kacheso. Then she'll go back home, another thing will spoil. Then she'll sing again, Ya Allah, Kaya Wunda, Kacheso, Naba Karaina. Then she'll go out again, something will spoil. Then she came back and said, Too. Ya Allah, Kaya Wunda, Nakeso, Nakwachereina. Because you want to catch a certain and you want to No, no, no. Don't laugh at that woman. No. How many of us have been there? Where Gaska, I wouldn't catch a certain and Gaska, Aisha, Kinuni, I can wait, I can such a son. Ah, I'm over. Let me tell you. Do you know that there are many Christians that are more afraid of the will of God than they are of the devil? Because we live suspecting the one who loves us. I mean, we live daily suspecting the only one who truly loves us. <clears throat> so if he says to you, this is the direction, by telling God, cool down, cool down. Lord, let me tell you how things work on this side. Looks like you have been in heaven for so long, so I need to give you a reorientation. On this side, the bigger salary is the better job. No, 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 no. On this side, a master's abroad is ten times better than all these Asu field Nigeria masters. Now people that they talk to, you know, say, you know, say that's how dangerous this church is. You can't sit down. There is cut your plan. That's why some of you don't like me. I know. There are some services we close. Some people cannot greet me. As far as they are concerned, I connive with God to spoil their wrongs. So, no. Don't worry. When we arrive at the end, we will all be grateful. Yeah, because, listen, God doesn't guarantee you now. He does not. But mark the righteous. His end. Check God. There is no guaranteeing God for you now. Guarantee. No, no. The only guarantees you have for now is I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the guarantee you have with God is that there's no way you can follow Him through the process He's leading you and regret it at the end. He wants to give you an expected end. That means there's no way you can be obedient to God and your end will be less than what you expected. No way. But to end the fight and arrive at the place where you and God agree, that's the problem. The one who is shrouding your life 
from the forces of darkness in darkness. No, no. Who is more wicked? God or Satan? Satan is the prince of darkness. But God now bound the prince of darkness in everlasting darkness. That means there's a darkness God kept Satan, the prince of darkness, is in. That Satan, the prince of darkness, calls God's darkness, darkness. Who is more wicked? You have to fear God, though. Every leading that comes from the Lord is intended to keep you away from the reach of Satan. No, I wish somebody had me. I said every leading that comes from God, its intention is to keep you away from the reach of Satan. Listen, your end is going to be Satan's discovery. There is no way Satan can calculate where you are now and see exactly where God intends to take you to. That's how he designed it to be. The real trouble is that unfortunately you two are bound within a realm where you and Satan almost think alike. Then you are thinking, God, if this opportunity just goes, if this opportunity passes away, Lord, I will never recover. It's a lie. It's a lie. Sit down, darling. Let's kill all those. Can, can we make progress? But I was careful as Kariade. If you wake up in the morning and you ask the Lord, am I still in obedience? And he says, yes. Tell him, Lord, thank you. Now, yes. That's a more important prayer that, Lord, take, us, take care of us today. Give us our deliberate. Lord, I die today's death. You live the life. Obedience becomes a normal thing for you in death. No, no. It's men I'm still talking about you. I am he that was dead, but is now alive, and I live forevermore. Then he said, do you know what I require of you? You be faithful unto death, and I'll give you a crown of life. Then you found out that the moment death appeared, God could not have a problem with the church that was dead. Right? Go back two verses. Verse 8. See, 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 see. It is this church. Right? Next verse. 9. He said, I know your works and tribulation and poverty. He said, but you are rich. How did they become rich? Because it was actually a poor church. I mean physically, naturally poor church. So how did anybody get you to believe that it is your amount of physical wealth that glorifies God? Don't worry, we are coming there. You will see it in Laodicea. You will see it. Third church. Hmm? Pergamos. Is it getting better as we explain it more? Is it is it is the understanding getting better as we explain it more? Now, what was what was the revelation that was given to the church in Pergamos? Help me, help me. He said, "This is the one that has the sharp 
double-edged sword edged sword and of course we can get that easily in hebrews 4 12 12 and 13 right two edges let's go next verse i know your works and i know where you dwell even where satan's seat is and even though you dwell where satan's seat is now he's commending them that would have been one other category but let's leave it he said even though you dwell where satan's seat is you have held fast what my name and you have not denied my faith even in those days where antipas was my faithful martyr who was slain among you where satan dwells next verse but i have a few things against you what do i have against you doctrine of balaam i told you that the root of the covetousness of the church came from pegamos right you will see what it will become by the time you arrive at laodicea doctrine of balaam who taught balak to do what cast a stumbling block before the children of israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication right now <clears throat> go back go back go back go back go back 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 13 take note 13 take note that god in listing the things he had a problem with here said oh no 14 please 14 14 see he showed them that they ate things sacrificed to idols right food of idols and what come to fornication good you'll find out that this was one of the churches that translated or transmitted a problem from one generation to the next what did god say he was going to do with these guys he said <clears throat> next verse was 15 15 so has that also them that hold the doctrine of nicolaitans i told you this is where it started right Right? I guess that will be the next verse, which, which thing I hate. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and I will fight against you with what? And I told you about the Lutheran revival. How many of you found Luther and watched it? How you? Did you see what we were talking about? Did you see what we were talking about? Good. Now, next one. Repent, or else I will come to you quickly and fight against you with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, letting me out the spirit says, to him that overcome it, I will give to eat what? Hidden manna. And what? And I will give him a white stone. Is that the second one? Then what? Yeah, that's on the white stone, right? 
uh, which no man knoweth except he that. Uh -huh. So he was going to give them a personal operating system. Right? Now, so he now says to you, if you find the people who overcome the doctrine of Balaam, the eating of food sacrificed to idols, the committing of fornication, and the doctrine of Nicolaitans, if you find the people who overcome it, I will give them of the hidden manner, which is actually a revelation of the mind of God. This is not the word of God in that sense. Right? He said, it's the hidden manner. That means suddenly they'll begin to understand the depths of the secrets of God. And then the second thing is, they'll get such a relationship with God that nobody else can break through. Right? So, let's go. Next, next, which is our present study, Titira. Fourth church. Thyatira. Is it correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. This thing says the son of God. Now notice, for the first time, he reveals a place or an office that connects him with the father. Follow me. We'll touch it. This thing says the son of God. Who had eyes like what? Flames of fire. Yeah? And his feet like fine brass. Now, now, now. You remember we wrote the song here? I, I see your feet like manish brass refined in the fire. So purify, purify my heart. Now, you know that if you go to Revelation chapter 1 and you see this feet as fine brass. Follow me. I'm not going to spend some, so much time here. Because I want to finish the seven churches today. As the Lord helps me. If you see this seat. You'll find out that. The Bible says it is as though it is being consistently. Refined in the fire. Now that means that. One of the things he wanted to burn. Birth here. Was a missionary church. Aha. 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 Is it making sense? Hey, whoa. Is it making any sense? Notice, every time scripture speaks about feet, it speaks about the carrying of the gospel. It then meant that what he was rebirthing here by this revelation to this church, one of the things he was rebirthing was a missionary church. Suddenly, the church was going to begin to enter back into nations again. And instead of the church becoming a cold, lukewarm center where everybody paid allegiance and it didn't care what was happening in the nations of the earth, what happened almost naturally is, now that the church in Tyatira is born, one of the things we want to do with the church in Tyatira is that we want to reveal to them the one whose feet is as burnished brass. Meaning, he interacts with the earth but is never held by the culture of the earth. Right? You remember the, 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 the story of Peter and the washing of the feet? Do you remember that story? Now, apply that story to this so that it can bring you understanding. That 
As men, we are conditioned to washing, okay, we are commanded to washing each other's seat. So that if you interacted with the world and came back with the dust of the earth, what should happen? Naturally, you should submit yourself to the ministry of a minister who will wash your feet by the washing of the water by the word. So that the effect of what you interacted with does not become a part of you. Right? So, there is no way I expect you to go into medicine and not have some thinking that is drawn from medicine but you must return consistently so that by the washing of the water of the word of god you can bring medicine into perspective by scripture same thing with accounting same thing with law same if not you wake up and find out that you are a lying lawyer like every lying lawyer does it make any sense to anybody Uh now the moment you wear that understanding. But that's not the only thing he came to reveal himself as. He also revealed himself as one with eyes like flames of fire. It tells you that he was not only missionary, he was also going to be revealing himself as purposeful. So you cannot avoid thinking of the church in Thyatira as the evangelical church. Follow me. Now, listen, let me let me say this like this. When we put a brand to it, it is not conclusive. It is not um, what do we call it? Restrictive. Right? It's not even thorough. It's just so that I can bring you into perspective. Look at this. The apostolic church or the apostles of the Lamb, the persecuted church, right? Which Paul gave us a foretaste of in our scripts. Does it make sense? What you know as the Catholic church or the universal church, right? Now, following it almost immediately, the revivals that came out of here is what birthed what you now know as the evangelical movements, which includes what you know as Anglican churches, what you know as Presbyterians, what you know as Methodists. All of them were basically evangelicals. Now, the moment that season came, God began to reveal himself as a as one with a strong purpose, looking for men who will go. Okay, contextually, you remember we said church builds upon church. Right? So that we don't discard the previous revelations of Jesus because we have entered a new revelation. Is that correct? Now, listen to this. If church builds upon church, it then means that what we inherit from the church in Thyatira is supposed to be that every time we sit down in a church circle, there are only two things we should be thinking of. Receiving a refreshing from God so that we can become purposeful and go. Now, realize that all of these things he reveals himself as is actually all of what he wants you to become. As we behold us in a glass, the glory of the Lord, what happens to us? So this thing says the one whose eyes are like flames of fire. If you see him or you see it or you see it him and you know it sounds like a joke 
until I take you back to Hebrews chapter 12. The word of God is quick and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. Piercing, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Bone and marrow. It is a revealer of the thoughts and the intents. It is a revealer of the thoughts. Abi, that's an it. Then in verse 13, it says, and nothing is hidden before his sight. That means the word of God is an itty him. If you, if you speak about the word as a him, you'll be talking about the person of Jesus. If you speak about the word as an it, you'll be speaking about the principles of Jesus. Because you cannot arrive at the person of Jesus without living by the... So, what does he do to you naturally? He reveals himself so you can see the idea. Then he reveals the it part of himself. The processes, the submissions, the workings, the eternal workings of God that made him into what he had become. Then he reveals to you those workings. So that it now becomes your choice whether you want to walk the works. Uh-oh. I wish somebody heard me. I wish somebody heard me. Now, listen to me. Every time uh, he reveals to us the hymn, we go, so beautiful. So, my God. There's no one, there's no one like Jesus. I searching, searching. I walk, I walk. I turn around. But when he reveals to us the eat, hey! that's when you will know that it is bitter in the mouth, sweet in the stomach. Every time you see the eat that produces the him. You have to stop and say, Lord, no man can do this except you be with him. Has anybody ever encountered the it of Jesus? No, no. What I said now, does it make sense? Do we love the him of Jesus? Do we adore him? Do we, my God, is he the most beautiful thing we have ever seen? But do we love the it of Jesus? We hate the uncertainties that come with following God. No, 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 no. Don't pretend to me like you love it. We hate the uncertainties. I've not yet found a Christian who loves the uncertainty that comes with it. It is in the heat of Jesus that trust is established. Because you know there were too many things you obeyed that you only obeyed because you trusted God. <laughs> I got a call today from an old friend. He's out of the country. He lives in Hungary. He called me and said, sir, I wasn't thinking about you. I had not talked about you. I didn't think of you. I just laid down and the Lord brought it to me in a flash. He said, tell Pastor Chintok that he should not be discouraged. That the word he's teaching will change Nigeria as a nation. I said, I said God, leave that Nigeria matter first. Let's, you know, I spoke to me about a building or something. Let's build our auditorium first. Cool down. You know the reason why? None of us likes the eat. I've already started warning God before 2023. But let me tell you something. I have given you my life in 2019. Find somebody else to use 
in 2020. Just leave me alone. I will support whoever you choose. I will tell you, yes, yes, when we followed God in 2019. <laughs> because many times you don't love the eat. You don't like the constraints that come with the eat. There's no prostitute that doesn't want to live a clean life. The problem is the eat. How can body be scratching me like this? And I see a guy who will help me scratch the body and give me money on top. It's the eat. Lord, how do I see Chevron? And you say to me, no, 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 no. That's not my will. Ah! God, make it your will. <laughs> you can do all things. Lord, you have to make it your will very fast. Speaking to somebody this evening. And I looked at the girl. And the opportunity she found was herself. You will know who I'm talking about. Now, I don't know. I never ask her how to tell her. <laughs> Do you understand? And the opportunities. And I said to her, even me that is about to counsel you. is paining me. Because you are bound by oath to the word that you gave the Lord. And until the Lord releases you from the oath. Because there's a slim possibility that you will lift up your knife to kill Isaac. And then you will hear, stop, now I know you love me. So go and carry that opportunity. I said, but there's a greater possibility. And the greater possibility is that you bind yourself to an oath. And you swear to your own heart and you will not change your mind. If in that case, then God is building a new character and he has plans for you. Peter, I was saying it. Me too, it was paining me. Because me too, as I was sitting there, I was thinking and I told her, don't worry, I can pastor you from there. It's not so far. Just make sure that you faithfully send the tithe. And I was looking at our building so I have been calculating what the tithe will be doing to the building. Raised like two pillars. Okay. You, you sit in a place where, uh, and I said to her, she said, but the Lord has not been speaking to me. I said, no. He's been speaking. You are afraid to hear what he will say. No, no, no. Don't be hearing somebody's story. Are you hearing your own story too? Where you are standing in a place, you see the options. God wants to speak. You are not saying, Lord, wait, 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 wait. Ah, if I do this, eh, this one will not go. Ah! But if I do this, eh, this one that the Lord told me, then God is saying, ah, so I say, Lord, wait, wait, Lord, I don't have the heart to take what you are about to say. Kukuma, let him say what he wants to say, so that if he's to die, you can die. Can just tell Lord, don't kill me. Do you know how many times I told God, kill me? Lord, Lord, if you not do it, don't kill me. Then he'll be laughing at me. Oh, you won't die. You will live. And you will still do it. <laughs> or your pastor, no from there. <laughs> Is anyone following me? It's when we speak about the Lord like this that people think he's wicked. No. There has never been a trace of evil in him. Never. <laughs> Never. 
Maybe one day, if you had opened your eyes to see the opportunities you lost building your own life. Many of you will say, I'm confused. I don't know what God is saying. It's a lie. It's a lie. You are just afraid of what you know God will ultimately say. You are afraid of it. You know that if you wait upon him, he will say it. So I looked at the darling in the eye. I said, oh, darling, you know what? We'll take a fast this weekend. But before we take the fast, you must arrive at the place where you say to God, Lord, whatever it is you say I should do is for my best good. When you arrive there, then God will say, hey, now can we talk? Then he tells you what he wants to tell you. And he will tell you without bias. Because you know, naturally, the average Christian hopes that after he says that, God will not change his mind and say, okay, now, now, now you are behaving yourself. Take the job with Chevron. <laughs> I just wanted you to behave yourself. Yeah. And the will of God, this subject, will of God. This, this subject, will of God. <laughs> Too many Christians don't want to hear it. If you say will of God, he where comes and says, Come, come, come. If Okwere comes and says, Dado, one boy is coming. And I say, have you prayed? She's already angry. I hope you know. No, Okwere, is it true? <laughs> Tell the truth. Shame the devil. Is it true? If, if you say there's a brother, is there a brother now? This kind of fine girl is free. Brothers, what are you still doing in the church? On Saturday... <laughs> You are seeking the will of God. Joel, I will break your head. <laughs> Fine girl like this. On Saturday, during Sandra's wedding, I will release anointing for marriage. But you have to buy your bottle of oil and white handkerchief. <laughs> Somebody told me today that they went to church. Then they told all of them to come with mantle. And that when the word is coming, you drop the mantle on the ground so that the mantle can soak the word. <laughs> hey, we are very deep people in this adventure. We are deep. Okay. If they told you there was a business opportunity now in Ibadan, and one of your uncles says that if you land Ibadan today, you collect 10 million and start the business. Somebody who I'm not asking has already gone deep. Mm. I'm not asking more. This is the reason why Peter denied Jesus three times. Now, look, just follow me out well. And then you now remember that you told God that you are going to be playing conga for Pastor Chintok. That you will be playing conga for Pastor Chintok till at least next year, March. Okay. Think about it. Think about it. You know, when the rising of the combustion comes down and it begins to ascend into the very oil where you fry yam, you know, and when you take the yam and you see through the agricultural processes, think about it. Have you thought about it? 
very deep. Okay. Won't you tell the Lord? Let me go and start that business. I will buy 10 conga <laughs> for Pastor Chinto and pay somebody else to play. Eh? I'll ask why does God have to be the harder one? <laughs> See, can you did you hear her ask the Christian question? Why does God will have to always be the harder one? Can I tell you why? Because you are not seeing. If you saw from where he sees, then you will reckon that the sufferings of this present times. You calculate from here. He calculates from there. And from there, he has seen from here all the way to the end. God is not, listen, don't get it. He's not intent on taking away all our good opportunities. No, 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 no. But there's a way that seems right to a man. That means if you analyze it by every human calculation, it looks right. What God's concern is every time he said no to you is the end thereof. You want to say, so why won't God, since he's almighty, he should change the end. It's just that God does not interfere in the affairs of the earth. He only interferes in the heart of his children. See? He does. The earth will run its normal course. And he has looked at the normal course of the earth and has seen where that decision is taking you to. And maybe this path is actually starting you off on will lead you to ultimately owning Chevron. So if you were in God's shoes, what would you do? He's such a good, good father. Do, do you get it? See, let me tell you the truth. If it's God you want to journey with Esther, you have to settle God is good in your heart. Not with your eyes. You said too late. Just said too late. God is good. And his mercies endure forever. If it's not settled in your heart, the number of offenses you have on the way will lengthen your journey. You see that for the Lord is good and his mercies and that's what Israel lacked in the entire wilderness. If you settle the goodness of God, There'll be nothing God will take from you that you'll be feeling robbed. Is anybody following me? So, Titira, this thing says, the Son of God. His eyes, missionary, feet, ready to go. Then what did he now say? Next verse. 19. I know your works and charity. Look at this. Look at look at that list. Works, charity, service, faith, patience, and works. You will, if you look at it, you will know that that was what the evangelical church used to penetrate the nations. (laughs) 
And he said it long before the evangelical church was born. Just so that he can... You remember it's the book of Revelations we are studying. And I was telling you that we have to put ourselves beside those prophecies. See the sovereignty of God and yet see the principle, the proceeding word of God. Now notice, they started with good works and then charity and service and faith and patience. Go and read. Okay, I gave you a recommendation last week to watch Luther. Now go and read the early SIM stories. At least we are in Jaws. The headquarters of SIM is in Jaws. So, Kukuma does go to Ekwa headquarters as they have history. The boys who came to Nigeria that established what you now know as Ekwa, none of them was beyond 21. But Ekwa can't hear it at five-year-old man anymore. Sorry. Boys! They kept, mosquitoes killed them. But their eyes red like flames of fire. Many of them told their wives that if they died, they should be buried in Africa. Let the land bear witness that men came on evangelical missions. Feet like brass. Most of what you know as the Puritan, Puritan movements were hanging around there. They were there. Is anybody understanding it? He said, I know your works and your charity and your service and your faith and your patience and your works. And I know the latter to be more than the... Because as those guys, you know, as God kept multiplying those guys, they multiplied the amount of money they used to go to the nations. Until today, the evangelical church in America is still looking for fields to sponsor. It's just that people in Africa have... Each. The way we have dealt with them, Somebody go to IDPC has not visited and snap pictures and send to an evangelical movement in America and collect money and build a house. And the souls of men are dying. And while they did it, they didn't know that they were just going to make the mission harder for some of us. Well, not harder. They have made our head hard. Now we are not looking abroad for anybody's help. We are breaking the ground hard. Yes. It would have been easier if we had the kind of help that many of them were open to that they abused. But now our faith is stronger because of the kind of things we have to move to do the will of God. I have no regrets. Everybody was born for his day. I say boys, SP, boys. None of them had theological training. They just had a love for God. 18 years, 19 years. Now their names are the names of your universities. Bingham was one of them. 
boys who got up, they ended their lives. I mean, they borrowed from Smyrna and they said to themselves, we love not our lives unto death. All that was driving them is the people in the hinterlands of Sahara. They heard that there were people who were discovered whose skin was black. And those guys would cross land and sea. It wasn't plain. It was ship six months on high sea arriving to preach one message. Sometimes to cannibals. So many of them were stirred up in faith only to survive. Is anybody understanding church history now? Now, listen to me. I'm not telling you just so that you can look at other churches and shake your head. I'm telling you what robust heritage you are standing on. Because all of them are part of your heritage. Is anybody following me? Listen. Take me back. Verse 19 again. And then we'll come to verse 20. And you see what is heartbreaking. He said, Your charity and service and faith and patience and works and the last to be greater than the first. Then verse 20 he said, And yet, I have this against you. Because you suffer that woman I, I wish it was me you were looking at like that. See? So certain things we thought God fought the Catholic Church for followed us here, including Nicolaitans. Let's read it. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Because you suffer that woman, Jezebel. She calls herself what? A prophetess. But what was her function? Teach and seduce. So what killed that movement was that they began to establish doctrines that didn't have a stand in God. And it was by a spirit of seduction. You know when you read Jezebel, naturally what you are thinking about is prostitute. It's seduction. A seducing spirit. So he said, notwithstanding I have a few things against you. Because you suffer that woman Jezebel which calls herself a prostitute to teach and to seduce my servants to commit so you found out that in that day it was difficult to find men who lived entirely by the principles of God. There was a mix, a strong mix of culture and the gospel. Like the wedding culture. What you know as white wedding? Now listen to me. Nothing is wrong with white wedding. I'm joining one on Saturday. 
Because I've tried to say to people that when you fight a thing, fight the spirit behind it, not the action. Alright? So people now tell you that, okay, white wedding is the white cultural tradition, da 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 Unfortunately, littered all over that white cultural tradition is an exaltation of Jesus you don't find in your traditional wedding ceremonies. And it's a permittance for the blessing of the Lord that you don't find in your traditional wedding. Before you find yourself fighting Jesus. It's like somebody got up and told me that Christmas is a pagan religion. Jesus was not born in December. I told him I've never thought he was born in December. Never. Doesn't even concern me when he was born. Really. If you do the mass, you'll find somewhere in August, September. Most likely in the rainy season. Now, how does it concern me? If Christmas is a pagan culture, what is Christy? Maybe Christ be that. Then we wake up and we want to help the world fight the remaining things that bear the name of Christ left on the earth. I see somebody march on our brain. But hear me. That's why you find out that within that context, it is hard for men to separate tradition from faith. And it didn't start with us. And what you also find, what goes with it, look at me, look at me, because many of those movements were deeply puritan, but it didn't permit the hearts of the people to be pure. So it permitted people to look pure, but within all kinds of... One of the fathers of capitalism in the world is... What is that called? Rockefeller. Right? Rockefeller was a stoic Baptist. Have you met of this? Baptist. Stoic Baptist. He never drank beer till he died. But you see the devilish principles they established as capitalism. We have war to war against it. Because if you put it beside scripture, if you put it beside titles, it will just die. Capitalism has no base in scripture. Capitalism is an exploitative system. That's the reason why Satan is swearing to make all business capitalists on the earth. Baba, if you go to Dubai, you might live in Dubai for three weeks and never see an Arabian one like this. Their streets are Indians, Pakistanis, Syrians, Iranis. We made a culture of asking people who drove us around when we went to Dubai. So, what nationality are you from? I think there are more Indians in Dubai than there are Arabians. You know why? The Arabians form the capitalist class. So, all the Arabians in the Arab Emirates are rich. You don't see them like this with your eye. But they control everything that happens in Dubai. Then they leave all other nationalities, including Yoruba boys. So we taxi drivers. We went for a desert tour. It's no big lie. I don't say what I see. Because I say Yoruba boys, not lie. That I will not see Yoruba boy when they drive. Even Ibo. It's only outside we do not see. 
No, we saw us our boys. But we saw them in Nigerian restaurant. They were eating moi moi. No, no, really, I'm not joking. Oh. So they leave all the menial things for other nationals to do. And they hold on to that capitalist circle. So they compromise a few of their strict things. Just open up a few things so that you can come and pour the money and they pack it. That's a capitalist devil. And some people cannot sleep in Nigeria. They want to go to Dubai. I don't know any Nigerian that goes to Dubai to make money. We make the money here. We spend it there. When believers would not, it was them Rockefeller that they did. They did workers strike against because of how much burden they put on the people and how much they didn't care. It's a, it's a spirit of seduction. So he left that entire generation with a form that is godly. Those guys used to miss service. You see, there's one documentary I should give you. Paul. It's the one that gave me, so you can worry him. Because of how much hatred and envy was in Rockefeller. When Thomas Edison made the light bulb, because Rockefeller was the world franchise owner of the sale of kerosene and kerosene lamps. That's how he made his money. Kerosene and kerosene lamps. When Thomas Edison made the bulbs, for years after, Rockefeller will never fix a bulb in his house. He was still using his lamp. When they, if you see the machinery they used to fight competition, you will wonder if these people have ever heard the name God before. It is Jezebel. She teaches and seduces. Uh-huh. So when you hear that they call that prophetess there, it's not, she wasn't operating like major one. That's not her operation. Her operation was in teaching. So naturally, those circles avoided certain matters as long as it was profitable. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you. Follow me. Because I trust the Lord that we will paint the seven churches today. We're almost done. Now I'm saying it to you. Listen, this is not just happy. This is not just us talking about church history. No, who is talking church history? Who has church history helped? This is us, ID, speaking about a tendency that is still alive. Uh-uh. Do you understand what I'm saying? That you can keep a form of godliness and greet everybody, bro, bless you. But that guy you are greeting, bro, bless you. You know he doesn't have food to eat. But you employ him within ranks that will put him under and benefit you. So you found out that in the evangelical, I mean, when that movement became strong, church was church, work was work, there was a major separation between what happened in church and what happened at work. That's where it started. Are you hearing me? I told you we are looking back and seeing our heritage, Peter. So that we have no reason to repeat it. That's the reason why we cannot sit in church and not care for each other. 
And all of these things are in scriptures if we if we taught pure doctrine. I say to those of you who believe that you are called to ministry, listen, your doctrine is not complete if there's any part of scripture you avoid. If there's any saying of scripture you avoid that you cannot look closely at and permit to judge you, your doctrine is not complete. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against you because you have suffered that woman Jezebel which calls herself a prophetess to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication. You remember we, speak, we spoke about you adulterers and you adulteresses? That people are living, they claim to be married to God but they are sleeping with principles that are outside of God, right? Commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Next verse. And I gave her what? To repent of her fornication. And what happened? God had already determined that she was not going to repent. Next verse. Behold. I will cast her into a bed. And them that commit adultery with her into great tribulation. Except they repent of their deeds. Verse 23. And you are about to see something now. He said, and I will do what? Say it with what? With death. And all the churches shall know that I am... Who does what? Did you see what we just said? That means that they had the possibility of keeping evil in their heart. And I will give unto every one of you according to your works. Ah. But unto you I say, and unto the rest in Thyatira, as many as what? That means in the midst of it, there were certain people who didn't fail. As many as have not this doctrine. What do I say? And which have not known the depths of Satan as they speak. I will put upon you none other burden. But that which you have already hold fast until I come. Next verse. And he that overcometh and keepeth my no, it's not wordo. And my works. So what do you find in that which is pure in the evangelical to the very end? Works. What is part of our evangelical heritage? Works. So when you hear me stand up and I say to you, we're reaching out to rural pastors and we're sending them welfare and teaching them to know that, what are we doing? Works. When you come next Friday and Saturday, and we go for the medical outreach. What are we doing? Works. When you step out with us to old airport. And we saw person of the Christ. And then we heal the sick. What are we doing? Works. When we build new schools and new hospitals. After a missionary kind. Let me say it again. After a missionary kind. Because most of what we have today in church. Unfortunately even bound to many evangelical churches. As schools and hospitals after a profitable kind, not after a missionary kind. It's a capitalist system, it's a deadly system. You have to kill it. You have to kill it. The church by design is is not supposed to be thinking profit. The church by God's design is supposed to be thinking good works. 
Do you understand? So we learn within the context of a community. On our present church site, I've already determined where the hospital will be. I mean, I've determined that in this city we will not even run one hospital. We will run multiple. So every community that has a God Life Assembly should have a hospital servicing it. You can't be thinking like this and God will leave you poor. You cannot. You can't. Amen? And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over nations. Now, can I say something that will shock you? You see, this doctrine that we are preaching now as the seven mountains of influence is actually going to purely have its base on this church. Because until we return to the kind of works that the evangelical church did, we cannot have... And he shall rule them with a rod of iron as, a, as the vessels of a porter shall they be broken to Shivas, even as I received of my father. Next verse, 28. And I will give him what? Oh, the morning star. You know what the morning star is? It's in Second Peter now. Until the day dawns and the day star rises. Yeah, that's a morning star. It means that consistently ideas will be coming from God. Pooh, it's the day star. Comes alive in your heart. I'll give him the morning star. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Amen? Were you blessed hearing that? Okay, next church. Revelation 3, verse 1. Sardis. Yeah? Okay. I'll, I'll give you space to ask it a bit later. Yeah? Alright. Or ask it now. Let me hear you. What he simply meant was that everything that came as fruit of that movement that was a product of the mix between the world and he was going to bring it down. That's how as time progressed, the church was losing its relevance. Do you understand? Uh So the salt began to lose its sabot. So, and instead of us to ask, if this is God, it should multiply. Because by their fruit, will we know them. But then, as generations pass, check everything within that, that bunch. You know it's a whole bunch. From the entire Anglican movement into the, what you know as Methodist, Presbyterian, all of, all of those movements. What happened was that as those movements multiplied, instead of their seed to grow, their seed was dying. Many of those churches worldwide are at the point of death. And what is responsible for it is that mix. God hates it. Do you get it? Okay. So let's go on. Sardis. I said to you, I hope nobody is hearing me with a critical ear. 
Let me say it again. I hope nobody is hearing me with a critical ear. Because the idea is not criticism. It's to see the things that are, the things that have gone wrong, the tendencies that exist, and the things we must correct. So that if you stood anywhere to represent us and represent the Lord Jesus, you know the things you must not do. I don't expect that we send a pastor to start a church in a community and his first thought is how to profit from it. I expect that the first thought is how do we give back to this place. To the angel in the church, uh, and unto the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These things saith he that have what? And what? Stop. He introduces himself as the one who has. Give me Isaiah chapter 11 on the board. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Verse 3. Give me verse 3 and we'll stop there. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the seeing of his eyes, neither shall he judge after the this is the Pentecostal revival. Let's go. What was the Pentecostal revival centered around? It was centered around the restoration of the working of the spirit. And closely by it is what you know as the charismatic revival. So a lot of understanding came. Suddenly word everywhere. Suddenly conferences. Suddenly everybody had a remark. Heavens were open. I know it works. That you have a name. That you live. But you are dead. Excuse me, what do we used to call living churches? Now you see that really there's nothing you are that God didn't see long before he came. You have a name that you live but you are dead. Give me the next verse. No, no, no. I thought you would read it yourself. Be watchful and do what? That is. For I have not found. What does the Pentecostal church mix? Works. It's a self-centered church. It's dying quickly. And because there's a lot of hype in our minds, that church is alive. 
Remember, therefore, how and and so God told you that the beginning of that entire movement was pure. That if we could only return to the same reasons why the guys in, Azusa, in Azusa insisted on the release of the Spirit. If we could go back and insist on it. And repent. If therefore you will not watch what will happen? I will come on thee as a thief and you will not know what hour I will come upon thee. Next verse. Do you, do you need an expansion? You don't. But you have a few names, even in Sadis, which have not defiled their garments. <laughs> then he said, and they shall walk with me in white for no, it's not thou art worthy it's they are worthy wow. I speak about the Pentecostal and charismatic revival he that overcome it the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name at a stop. It tells you that if there is a season when God is blotting out names more than ever before, is now. No, don't worry, we have not even reached the now because that now is already passing. We are entering a new day. He said, and I will not blot out his name. That means if anybody told you that once you were saved, you are forever saved, wake up, look at it again. A name in the book of life can be blotted out. No, give me that scripture on the board. He said, he that overcometh the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name of the book of life, out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. There are scriptures that should be rising in your heart as you are reading this. If you deny me before men, I'll deny you before my father. But if you witness me before men, I'll confess you before my father and his holy angels. So you find out that these statements were not first spoken here. The Lord Jesus had spoken about them. So what you will find that will be the greatest problem of that movement will be the ability to rise up and accurately witness Jesus. So they will make a lot of noise in church, but when they stand outside of church, you will find out that their lives do not represent what Jesus is. There are only a few names in Sadis who have not defiled. I'll confess his name before my father and before his angels. Next verse. He that had an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Sorry, I didn't write. Forgive me. We'll write later. But out of the church in Sardis rises a church. Out of the church in Sadis rises a church. 
And that church is the Philadelphian church. Give me that scripture on the board. The sixth church. Philadelphia. By the way, the meaning of the word Philadelphia is brotherly love. You remember Adelphi? This is Philos. Adelphi. Brotherly love. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right. These things said, he that is holy, he that is true, he that had the key of David, he that opened and no man shut it, and swords and no man opens. He said, I know your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. Hear me, saints. We stand in the church of the open door. When you think about the open door, if, if they are said to you in a church service, this is a service of open doors, what are people generally thinking about in the saddest revival? Money, a new contract. See God's open door. This one I will teach it. Let's relax and teach it. Because SP, this is the golden opportunity we have to be Philadelphia. See. Start again. Start again. I know your works. Behold. No, no. Verse 7. 7. And to the angel in the church in Philadelphia, right? This thing says, what? So, what's the first thing he wants to reveal? His holiness. Then what's the next thing he wants to reveal to that church? His truth. Then what's the next thing he wants to give to that church? He called it the key of David. He that opens and no man shuts. And his shorts and what? No man opens. Now, listen to me. The key of David, where was it? It was first heavenly. It was first a holy priesthood. Then it was a royal priesthood. So whatever David established on the earth as a product of his holy priesthood, nobody could gainsay it. Go and read it. David was the first out of a holy priesthood to carry the Ark of God's covenant. The same Ark that killed Uzzah on the way. No, no. You should have thought that the fear that caught David should have taken him to the religious extremes of rebuilding the tabernacle of Moses. But when David restored that, that Ark, he put it in a tabernacle and all Israel could go there. And then God was prophesying in Amos. And Amos said, And I will restore again the tabernacle of David. I hope you know that that's the name of our church building. It's called the tabernacle of David. And I said to you, 
that the key of David, when he gives it, what you open, no man can shut it. What you shut, no man can open it. Excuse me. No, 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 keep that scripture. I know your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. Why, Pastor Kephas? He said, because you have what? No, 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 no. That does not sound like the key of David. Why will God take the key of David and give to a people? The little strength is not the only qualification. In the midst of the, their little strength, what happened? They kept his word. They had options to do things the way others were doing it and possibly see better profiting. But they chose in the midst of their little strength to keep his word and they refused to deny his name. Then, see what he said in the next verse. He said, verse 9, Behold, I will make them who are of the synagogue of Satan which say they are Jews. You remember there was one synagogue of Satan earlier that said they were Jews. And I told you that one was not figurative. This one is. You know who he's speaking about here? It's those who fell off in Sardis. There are men who are of the synagogue of Satan. But when both of you stand, they all claim that they are Jews. See, if I tell you the number of people whose lives have been damaged by men of God, you will never come to church. That word king is a synagogue of Satan. And what do they use to ensnare people? We are Jews. But the Bible says they are they are not. They said they are liars. One of the greatest things that you must receive, and I urge you to receive it tonight, is the ability to discern men who come in the name of the Lord, but do not have a record with heaven. As far as heaven is concerned, they are not even saved. Listen to me. It then means that in the day when the Philadelphian church will be leaving, there will be men who wear suit and tie like us. They will preach verses of scripture like us. They will claim that we serve the same God. But those men are this now. When people say to me, you cannot condemn any man, I say to them, I agree. But I have the right to discern all men. There are some men I can never invite. Take note. Never. We don't bow to the same Lord. We don't. Never. People that turn church to mafia. Never. Behold, see see the promise He gives you. Sp. If you stay clean, see, see the promise. 
Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say that they are Jews and are not, and do lie. But behold, I will make them to come and what? Before and to know that what? Listen to me. One of the strongest thrusts of the Philadelphian church is to stand as a judgment and a witness in the midst of its day. We will make people know that you don't have to soil your hand. I've read the scripture here in Isaiah 22 before, right? Give me Isaiah 22. Let's read it from verse 18. What does it mean to have the keys of David? What, what does God really intend to do with the Philadelphian church? Isaiah 22, verse 18. Give to me on the board. Ooh, 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 19. Ah, give me from verse 17. MC 17. Sorry, no, my Bible. Let me use my Bible. You know your own Bible is easier for you. Customized for you from heaven. Isaiah 22. Why? No, I sat into no, it's not from verse two. Give me sixteen, let me see on the board. And my Bible is busy. I sat into sixteen. 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 I'm not looking for twenty two twenty two. Fifteen. You will get it done. You will soon get there. There's somebody's name there. When you see the name. Thank you. Stop there. 2215. Thus said the Lord of hosts. Go. Get thee unto this treasure. Even unto Shebna. Which is over the house. Notice. Shebna is over what? And said to Shebna. Next verse. What hast thou here? And whom hast thou here that thou hast healed thee out a sepulchre here? That means you don't, as far as heaven is concerned, you don't have a person or a lot here. Right? But that's a man who is over the house. But notice that the man was alive but he was dead. Right? The man was alive but he has healed a sepulchre in the house. And yet he was the one who was seen the house. Follow the story. As he that heweth out a sepulchre on high, and that graveth an habitation for himself in a rock. Next verse. Behold, the Lord will carry you away with a mighty captivity, and will surely cover you. Next verse. He will surely violently turn and toss you like a ball into a large country. There will you die, not here. And there, your, the chariot of your glory shall be the shame of your Lord's house. The chariots of your glory 
shall be the shame of your Lord's house. Stop. The chariots of your glory, the things you glory in, will actually be what will bring your Lord shame. What do we glory in? What is God's greatest con? And I will drive you from your station. And from your state shall he pull you down. Next verse. And it shall come to pass in that day that I will call my servant Eliakim, the son of Elkiah. Next verse. And I will clothe him, what? And I will strengthen him, what? And I will commit. What is his government? Lord over the house. I'll take the lordship of the house from your hands. And Eliakim shall be what? Father to who? And to who? So you see, their leader is supposed to be Eliakim, not Raymond. Notice that, that what God was fighting there was that he gave Shebna a house. Shebna became lord over it, extorted it and gloried by it. Then he said, I'll give it to Eliakim and Eliakim will father it. So you see, God is moving from lords to fathers. Are you following? In the coming day, no Lord will sit over a genuine house of God. Every man to whom God will commit shepherding his flock must be a father. It is from that fatherhood, no, give me verse 21 again. It is from that fatherhood, give me verse 21, board, 21, 21. I will close him. Notice that God did not sew new cloth for Eliakim. God took the robe of Shebna and gave Eliakim. He said, and I will commit your government. So he didn't give Eliakim a new government. He took the government of Shebna and gave to Eliakim. And he said, this is why I chose Eliakim. He will be a father to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and he will be a father to the house of Judah. The moment I see that heart, then verse 22, I will give unto him the key of the house of David. He said, and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his shoulder. So he shall open and none shall sort. And he shall sort and does that sound like something we just read? No, help me. Does that sound like something we just read? Verse 24. You thought we were done. Oh, 23. 23. I'm fasting him. Now, he's speaking about Eliakim. Right? I will fasten him as a nail in a sore place. Look at this nail. I'll fasten him as a nail in a sore place. Right? And he shall be for a glorious throne to his father's house. Now, what does it mean to be a nail in a sore place, sir? That nail in a sore place is what holds together. It anchors. So, it means I will cause all of my works to be around Eliakim. 
Then the Bible says, And they shall hang upon him. All what? So why was he fastened as a nail in a short place? So that when you want to hang a frame in your house, what do you do? You fasten a nail. Most of the things that make for beauty in your house, when you want to hang them, what do you do? You fasten a nail. Is the nail itself seen? No. But the nail has to be sure to be able to carry those things that are for glory. Right? So, he said, and they shall hang upon him all the glory of his father's house. The offspring and the issue. That means the source and the outworking. That's what offspring is. An issue is found in. He said all the vessels. Small quantity. Even the vessels of cups and the vessels of flagons. Next verse. Verse 25. In that day, said the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is be that means before Eliah came, there was Shebna. So everything Shebna was. The witness of the house that you know, that you are reading now as Philadelphia, is who is on the Lord's side. That's the witness of Philadelphia. It is that in the midst of the corruption and death, what happens is that there are still churches, still men, still revivals that make that if men truly want to find God, they know where to go. That if a man ends up in the house of Shebna, he chose it. You see? You see that Philadelphian church, Maskevas? That is our Lord. As the God Life Assembly, that's our heritage. That's who we are. That's where we stand. In that day, said the Lord of hosts, shall the nail that is fastened in a short place be removed and be cut down, and it shall fall, and the burden that was upon it shall be cut off. For the Lord had spoken it. Is that the last verse? That's the last verse. Now, you see what Philadelphia looks like. Go back to Philadelphia. Because you have kept the word of my patience. No, give him from verse 9. Verse 9. Behold, I will make them of the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews and are not. I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Sorry. You will pray them that are of the synagogue of Satan to come and worship at your feet. You will call them forth to worship at your feet. That means a love affair is happening between you and God. But God is using it to provoke the synagogue of Satan. And he will provoke them until he makes them. Come back. So the key of David actually grants you access to establishing God's eternal order on the earth. So what is the greatest drive of the Philadelphian church? It is accuracy. 
Show us the way you ordained it to be, Lord. Just show us so that we can do it. That's the cry of the Philadelphian church. It pours love upon the Lord and says, Lord, Lord, show us. Okay, let's end this key matter like this. The day Peter looked at him and said, Thou art Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjonas, for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee. Then he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth is... So when you hear those keys, stop thinking principle. Start thinking eternal blueprints. Oh Lord, there's something family is supposed to look like. I have seen people build family in different ways. But show me that was which was in your heart before time began and aid me to be it. There was a way sons and daughters were born to be raised. Lord, show me that I might do it. It's not that I might preach it. Lord, there was a way a church service was supposed to look like before time began. And even though I live in a generation that puts me under pressure to have a one hour, twenty minute service, oh Lord, show me as it was in heaven that I might do it on the earth. The greatest drive of the Philadelphian church is accuracy. Accuracy. That church doesn't want to do anything outside the word of the Lord. It doesn't want to turn to the left or to the right. It doesn't even glory in knowing God. It is the kind of church that you come every day and they want to know God. They are wanting to know God will even annoy you. Because other people are hoping that they knew the small you know. No, no. I hope you know we are already that kind of provocation. People already believe that we are overly spiritual. And we have not scratched the surface of spirituality. I still feel carnal. I'm, I'm telling you. People think we are overly spiritual. Must you spiritualize everything? Ah, even love. In fact, love is the most spiritual thing. See, see. If you sit in a congregation like this, don't ever let Satan deceive you. That the burden of the Lord is too heavy, job. Uh -uh. Small job. Somebody cannot use his brain and just pick job. My brother, the brain that began the good work has to be faithful to complete it. Get ready to rack your brain till the end of time. But the things that the Lord gives you, they make rich, they add no sorrow. They come with perfect peace. You will be doing the work as though you are eating food. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I, I don't know what job looks like, Debbie. Do you know? I don't understand. When people say, I, I have a job, I don't understand it. You know why? I do what I love. I'm created for it. In fact, when my times and my seasons change, you will know that it was grace that kept me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Five, six months ago, when I used to travel around this nation like a madman, till November, till August last year, I had grace to travel. I traveled like water. I was happier on the road than I was at home. I mean, I was happier on the road. 
Not that there was problem at home. I was just, I loved to travel. It was adventure. The moment the season finished, every journey became a chore. The last journey I did to Kaduna, it was like they were beating me on my way. Everybody who was near me knew I didn't want to go. I was just under pastoral instruction. So I dragged my box. The days of it were finished. So the grace for it finished together with the day. Get it? Avi, you need to be able to stand in that class tomorrow and know that even if this school was not paying me salary, I would gladly do this. And you know, I was born to do it. Oh God. Does anybody understand what we are saying today? Give me Revelation 3 verse 10 on board. Because thou hast kept the word of my patience. He said, I will also keep you from the hour of temptation, which, which shall come to try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold what? No, no. Who is Jesus talking to? No, no. Which, who is Jesus talking to? The church in Philadelphia. So who is now the church in Philadelphia? We. Right? We agree that this most perfectly describes our situation. Our present. Our history. And we have arrived at our present. So hear what Jesus said. He said, God life assembly. Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast so that no man now this is the only warning to Philadelphian church it means Sarah, what will now be the greatest pressure of Philadelphians it will be that they will be living beside Laodicea and coming their greatest pressure is that they will be living beside Laodicea. While they are trying to get things right, Laodicea is trying to show them a faster way. And God was simply saying, if you let it go, automatically, together with what you have, your crown is going. Do you understand it? So, when you say things like, I will cling to you must understand you are speaking a Philadelphian language. I will cling to I will cling to you I'm not letting go I'm not letting I'm not letting go of your hands let the whole world fade oh majestic one I'm not letting go of your hands say I will cling to you I will cling to 
Say I will cling to you. I will Say, I will cling to you, I will cling to Say, I'm not letting go, I'm not letting go, I'm not letting go, I'm not letting go, of your hand, and the whole world fail. Oh majestic one I'm not letting go Letting go of your hand Sing it from the top Say I will cling to you Say I will cling to you your crown. He said, hold fast that which you have. That no man take your crown. Now notice that this is not devils. 
this is not principalities it is men the greatest pressure that the philadelphian church will face is the men that live alongside it in the same day because you will see what people made out of the gospel and within the context of that day you will see it is the laudation church i'll reveal it to you the Laodicean church and the Philadelphian church will more likely live in the same day. And while the Philadelphian church says my strength is little, the Laodicean church said I am rich. I am increased with goods. I have need of nothing. And if those in Philadelphia permit the beauty of what reigns in Laodicea to distract them. If Philadelphia lets it, men will take your crown. You see, that's the reason why we must form a firm defense for our faith. I'm not saying, I didn't say we start a religion. I didn't say we start condemning I did not say we find people and tell them you are from Laodicea. That's not the idea. The idea is if that's how you have chosen to live, I know what I have found. It is precious to me. I'm not going to let go of it. Because if I give it to you, you'll take my crown. Together with it, if you permit any man to bring you under pressure and take it, together with it, he's taking your crown. Let me tell you the truth. It's what we're talking about at the beginning of this service. If you only knew the consequence of a simple compromise that you did seven years ago, if they paid you with money, you'll not compromise it. If you knew how much it cut you off the heritage of God, even if they paid you with money, you'll not compromise it. I looked at a girl I loved one day and I said to her I didn't say no because of you I said no because of me I said because I thought how do I take everything God has worked in me and drop on the platter of 10 minutes of pleasure we are Philadelphians we walk circumspectly. We are not fools. We are wise. We redeem the times because we know that the days are evil. We are not unwise. We understand what the will of the Lord is. We are not drunk with the wine that kills our generation. We stay being filled with the Holy Ghost. We speak to ourselves. We bring ourselves to wisdom. Speaking to ourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. We sing and make melody in our heart to the Lord. Our heart becomes the rhythm. Comes the rhythm. Our movement is the movement of the Lord on the earth. So everything God wants to establish on the earth, Pastor Kephas, that's why I said I'll give you the keys of David. Anything he wants to establish on the earth, he will look for a Philadelphia. We are Philadelphia. We are. 
and what separated us from every other church is this thing says he that is holy he that is true he that had the keys of david he that opened no man shuts and shuts and no man can open because we have seen the holy one we have been changed into who he is we have seen the one who is true so we cannot live in falsehood there's no part of falsehood that is our fancy anymore there's no way we sit down and we see the madness happening in our world and we're distracted by it we know that our greatest honor is to open up heaven on the earth and sort hell on earth and when we sort hell no man can open it as i speak depths of wisdom is coming from heaven as i speak there are depths of wisdom things that men cannot gain say because that's the operation of that key sometimes it does not come to you and then you know it no that's not how it comes sometimes it just opens up an understanding and then you begin to operate to family with a new understanding work with a new understanding relationships with a new understanding church with a new understanding then you will discover that the understanding that you birthed became the ruling understanding watch and see let this be to you for a sign give the church another five years you will see many men who wouldn't have been able to walk in truth circling around us and asking us to show them the way because we will cause falsehood to look like what it truly is as Kenny Hagen was teaching and he said when you find a crooked stick you don't fight it you just go and find a straight stick and lay beside it. We are the straight stick laid beside the crooked stick. We are the witness born by God to a dying generation. The, wit the wisdom to witness God has come upon you. That wisdom separates you. Come out from among them and be separate. Touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. Be a father to you. You'll be son, my sons and daughters, says the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Please sit down, if you may. Let's take the very last church. That's the church you are likely going to grow beside. And that's the church that you must be careful of. It's the Laodicean church. But behold, I come quickly. Hold fast that which thou hast lest that no man take that crown verse 12 him that overcometh i will make a pillar in the temple of my god and he shall no more he shall go no more out and i will write upon him the name of my god and the name of the city of my god which is what that's the church that will bring the birthing of the end which cometh down out of heaven from my God, and I will write upon him my new name. That's Jesus speaking. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Verse 14. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Now notice, notice, 
that it is still a church right it still belongs to god still bears his name so they are our brothers so what they are what they are our brothers they are not our enemies they are part of the seven candlesticks now see what he says concerning that church and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans right this thing said the the one who will finish everything the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God she is the one who will inherit everything he has created she revealed himself to them as the faithful and true witness because the witness they bear is not faithful and true and he called himself the amen because one of the, the things that church will lose sight of is that it lives in the close of times it's all over scripture so peter will say this they have forgotten that a day with the lord is as a thousand years the moment the church forgets that it lives at the end of all things that it is the amen that is about to be revealed that the year is already gone this is the amen the moment it forgets that it enters into righteous living see what he said concerning audition next person i know your works that thou art neither cold nor hot let's suppose heat means spiritual cold means carnal it means that they are going to have such a mix of that which is spiritual and that which is carnal so god will not know how to relate with them oh god no 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 what is equal to lukewarm is cold and hot what is the greatest problem of the church in your day listen whether you call it pentecostal orthodox evangelical catholic anything all of the churches put together from the first revelation of the church to the fifth into the sixth the greatest trouble it will have ultimately in the end is that it will have this bad mix of that which is earthly and that which is spiritual we'll try to explain the things that are carnal from a spiritual place and try to downplay the things that are spiritual because we are carnal so god looks and says oh boy if you want to be spiritual be spiritual if you want to be carnal, Kokuma be carnal. Now, how many of you have been confused by the life of a man? When he's spiritual, you'll be thinking heaven is coming down here. Then when you hear one story that came out of his carnality, you are one. That's Laodicea. And that will be the greatest trouble of the end of time. It will be a strong form of godliness with no power. The power of godliness is not blind see. You know, just the same way seed damaged in your head, that's the same way power damaged in your head. 
Because the moment they say power, what you think is people are falling. I know your works. That you are neither cold nor hot. God said, I wish or I would that thou wert cold. That means if the church went expressly carnal, God knows how to handle it. If the church went extremely spiritual, God is joyful about it. If it's a carnal church, then when he reveals to them their fall, they can move. Unfortunately, sir, there's no principle God will show that church that that church does not know. The only problem is that they interpret those deep heavenly principles from a purely carnal place. That would be your greatest challenge in the end of time. Everybody knows scripture. Before you quote one, they are quoted 17. And yet, when you are looking at them, the fruit of that life, it was the Lord speaking. He said, I would that thou wert cold or you were hot. So God said, because you are lukewarm and you are neither cold nor hot, even I don't know how to undo you. Listen to what he said. He said, I will spew you out of my mouth. Many theologians, and I do too, believe that what that literally means is that However, God chooses to take away his bride for the marriage supper of the Lamb, that church will not make it. Spill you out of my mouth simply means you will not be found within the context of my body that I have perfected. You will be the only thing left unperfect in the body at my appearing. So I will not manage you because you bear my name. I will throw you out into a great tribulation so that tribulation itself will cleanse you. So when Jesus said, when the Son of Man returns, will he still find faith in the earth? It's Laodicea he was talking about. Now, how did we arrive there? That's the real question, right? That's the real question. How does a man bear the name of the Lord? It's one of the seven churches that God recognizes. But then God stands and he says, because you are lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth. That means I will take you away from my body. How did we have there? Scripture says, because you said, I am and increased with goods and have need of stop no 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 excuse me do you need an angel do you need an angel does an angel need to come down and interpret this what is the greatest glorying of the average church <laughs> I was telling somebody a story today that a pastor finished his cathedral 
looked out the window and pointed another person's church. I said, see the mushroom thing that this other pastor is pastoring. Then the other pastor heard it and started building a new structure. Now, please, lift up this church and put it beside Thyatira. Just imagine that you carry the resource of Laodicea and you put it in the hand of Thyatira. Part of the reasons why it looks like God is not answering prayer in this nation, Ogabo, can I tell you why? I'll tell you. It's because the church has what it takes to stop these militants not by buying guns, but by good works. Some of the things we are seeing in our day is a judgment for our choices. One of the cathedrals we are standing can rebuild 20 burnt villages. No, no, excuse me. Let's excuse the cathedrals. Let the cathedrals stand. There are churches whose Sunday offering and redo 20 burnt villages in the north. And if we redid the villages, we reclaim the right to apportion the houses. Because what the hidden are doing in the north is they are rebuilding the houses and giving you either on the basis of conversion or sharing it to their brothers. Most of the Christians in the northeast have come up this way. Many of them are looking for spaces in Jaws. It's part of the reasons why our city is expanding. Now, when you give birth to a church, whose thinking, Francis, is, I am rich. And so that you don't confuse the rich, the Bible said very clearly, I'm increased with goods. So there's no spirituality around it. It is meaning that the glory of this church is natural material goods. You see, I'm not touch added, and I have need of. Then God revealed to them their state from where He was. He said, But you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. Then God gave Laodicea an advice. He said, I counsel you to buy of me gold refined in the fire. That. So, excuse me. What did the church in Smyrna have that God said you are rich? It's called gold refined in the fire. What is gold defined in the fire? That the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. That means within the context of the New Testament, everywhere you hear gold refined, what the Bible is speaking about is a pure faith. That means I counsel you to come back to me. Let me redefine the faith for you. 
Because what you are truly wealthy in, as far as I'm concerned, is only the faith. Then he said, Wash your eyes, sorry, and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. He said, That the shame of your nakedness do not appear. Now listen to me. I hope you know that the shame of our nakedness is on the street. I hope you know. It is no longer honorable to introduce yourself to anybody and say I'm a pastor. Because of the kind of things that pastors have done. No, me and you were in church on Sunday now. When this guy who married my sister stood here and said he had made up his mind that the day a pastor knows him in a church he has left the church. He came to me to marry my sister. I said to him, who is your pastor? Do they know? Go back and tell them. You were here when he said it. That he had told them in the church. That the day any one of them know him, he's gone. How does a person arrive there? Oh, thank God for redemption. No, no, no. That he could stand again and say, I belong to this spiritual family. Spoke with him a few days ago. He said, ah, our dado. I said, hey. See who are close to past. But I'm saying to you, the shame of our nakedness is on the street. He said, Come and take of me righteousness. Because that's what a white robe is. Well, cover the shame of your nakedness. And anoint your eyes with eyes of that thou mayest see. You're about to see something now. Verse 19. As many as I love, what? There are only two ways to restore the right laudation judge. is by rebuke and chastening. He said, be zealous therefore and repent. Then he showed them their repentance. You see what we quote for unbelievers? Who was he reaching to? How does a church arrive at a place where they cannot hear his voice? Did you see what he said? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He didn't say when any man hear my voice. It means the Laudation Church will set up a technology and a structure that will cut out the voice of God. But he said, this is what I will leave for you as a sign. For no matter how long it takes him, I'll be knocking. If it takes using circumstances to knock, I will knock. If your church has to fail so that I can knock, I will knock. And I will knock hoping that some man will hear my voice. And if he hears my voice and he opens the door, I will come into him. Then he said, and I will. It tells you what the problem of the Laodicean church is. is the food they feed on. See, I will sup with him and he will sup with me. Listen. That's the reason why that church 
cannot emphasize a deep return to the consideration of scripture and the voice of God. That's the reason why you say to people, what is God saying? And they're angry. It's laudation. We hate to sup with him. Where do you find laudation in scripture? It's Isaiah chapter 4. Quite a known scripture. We used to use it to tease girls when I was growing up. We said to them, stop doing guile. Because the word of God will not fail. The word of the Lord will come to pass. Isaiah chapter 4 verse 1. And it shall come to pass in that day that seven women shall take a hold of the skirt of one man and they shall say. We read it as laymen then. Ola, until we became spiritual men. Is Isaiah 4 on the board? In that day, seven. What is the number of the Laodicean church? Thank you. In that day, seven women will take hold of one man saying what? Can you see the problem of Laodicea? Let us live by our own principles. Let us wear our version of righteousness. Only let us be called by your name. That's Laodicea. And in that day, seven men shall take hold of one man, saying, We will eat our own bread. We will wear our own apparel. Only let us bear your name that you may take away our reproach. Many of those men know that if you remove Jesus, if you remove man of God from them, the kind of jail that they need to go to is still in creation. Some of the abuses that come in church that religion aids to cover. And you know what, Peter? The greatest pain of it is that this is the church that the Philadelphian envy. So when you find a Philadelphian minister, sir, what does he say? Lord, when we my church also build when will I also dress? When can I also drive? And as far as heaven is concerned, those things are not targets. They are not even within the context of what Jehovah is thinking about. God is not thinking of your car. Saints, tonight, I introduce you to the seven churches and the things that God has said concerning it. In every church is a revelation of Jesus to embrace or a warning from Jesus to be careful of. But also prophetically, you have found that we stand in a place. We stand in such a strategic place to receive the keys of David.
and know that he is coming quickly. Notice he said to Philadelphia, I come quickly. But Laodicea didn't know that he was coming. The moment we lose sight of the fact that the one who saved us is the one who is coming again, then we start to misbehave. Then we start to pursue, forgetting that here we have no continuing city. Or we seek one which is to come. Lift up your hand everywhere and say to the Lord, I tap from every heritage left for me and I heed to every warning that has come forth. Lord, I tap to every heritage. See, even if you don't remember them in your mind, declared by faith. There's a heritage. We have a robust heritage. Robust heritage. We have heritages from Ephesus, from Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia. We have heritage. And we have warnings. We have things to heed. Tell the Lord, this is the end of time. So gather out the heritage of my fathers and pour upon me tonight. See, you got to, it has to be an effectual prayer. It has to be heartfelt. That the purposefulness, the mission of the church in Thyatira, I take it. The ability to dwell and resist the seat of Satan, like the church in Pergamos, I take it. The ability to be faithful even unto death. From Smyrna, I take it. The ability to love the Lord deeply and return to my first love like Ephesus. I take it. The ability to enter into the workings of wisdom and understanding. And the outburst of the seven workings of the spirit of God. Like the church in Sardis, I take it is my heritage. The ability to walk in the holy, the true, and receive the keys of David. Go on the earth like it is in heaven. Like the church in Philadelphia. It's my heritage. I take it. Come on, saints. Let's push this a bit further. Take another three minutes and pray it. If you need some space, find some space. And tell the Lord, I've found my heritage. And I take it. But I've not only found heritage. I've seen warnings. I heed them. Today, Lord, I, I ask that you stir me up by grace. It's my heritage. I take it. Zotandia Paraka, Dosekekianata, Laparia Debetoka, Satia Tena. Lord, help me. Let me heed every warning. Let me never arrive at the place where you are standing at the door and knocking, and yet I am not hearing. Zatwate Parada Gatoskete, Elo Parada Gatekete, Nabakakubaka, Teketela. Zwedana Katozi Patai Nabaka Roda Ketela Edwate Baka Pandre Vedoko Sope Kede Kadaite Rada Teko Sope Kede Ketia Nagataida Rada Parokoso Prekedege Dia Nagataide Diala Erondo Vekede Beke Sopreke Beke Zermaka Kubaka Sanagata Gaeta Erato Kosopeke Dia Kasarmaka Kuda Gatia Giana
The ability to know that in the word of God is my safety. In it is my longevity. In it is my guarantee of eternal things. That's my guarantee. So I anchor. Zete bakado bakasande poranaga. Tela. Zele bakoka bakasande begado bakadi agaba asanda gate kadi anakata. Beyond the veil. Zatobri hata katai deki anagadaya. Beyond the veil. Zatebo nakadi akadagata. Beyond the veil. Where you are. My anchors. Come on, pray. Beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. Beyond the veil. Where you
that Philadelphia is born. That we witnessed that which God saw and fell in love with in the Philadelphia church. Holy, true custodians of the keys of David. Thank you, Father. Thank God for choosing you. Come on, take a minute. Thank Him for choosing you. Many of us know we could have gone astray like anybody else. But He chose us. He put a dissatisfaction in us. There's something about us that couldn't bear error. Some of us, it wasn't even about us. He just put us in a company of people who would not let us. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. Father, we thank You. We give You the praise and glory. In Jesus' name and everyone said, Amen.